This Jim McMahon edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by Win Bet. Get started today and you'll get a risk free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's propswap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play. Store. Hey everybody, Jim McMahon here, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Cox. He's one of those guys who will get penetration. It's a baby fucking wheel, man. San Diego Superchargers. Go home and get your fucking shine box. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real money Kramer. What's happening? Kramer dog hut hut hike. I'm excited for football. <laughs> excited for football. We're cranking on some interviews <laughs> here informally uh, SGPN media week on the podcast, joining us to talk Professional pigskin, Colby Dan, aka the Dan to base. I forgot to wear my headband, saying Sean Green. All oh, right, L- like big man head with Roselle. <laughs> Shots, look <fire>. out. <laughs> well, and Colby, we didn't. Uh, we already taped the interview. We're about to uh, play the interview. We didn't get to it. I, I, I was remiss and should have added it to my sheet, but. You have a conspiracy theory about the NFL adjusting the tinting level of the mass allowed in the game. And we should have asked, we should have brought that up yeah. to Jim McMahon. He may not be aware, but you're basically, you've said that they've, they have limited the level of tint in the NFL mask. And well, you, you, it, you suggest it's one of the things killing the game. Oh, there's a lot, man. They, that was always a cool part of football was yeah. that they, now they have regulations. They, you did follow- you know they have regulations of what the coaches can wear now? I mean, it's ridiculous. Remember that Bum Phillips could never coach today because he wore a cowboy hat. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. Let the personalities go. You know, assimilate. No unique personal flair. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's do it. NFL, the National Football League, the NFL right around the corner. You can hear the energy in my voice because it's that time. Time to head over to winbet.com, W Y N N B E T dot C O M. Head over there, get involved in that $500 risk free bet. Are you kidding me? Let's go. Plenty of win totals to get down on. Jimmy Max, a Chicago. He played for seven different teams. So, see if you're if you're feeling Jimmy Mack in the interview, maybe go to one of the seven teams he played for and get down on one of these uh, win total bets. He's not a huge fan of Bill Belichick. You're going to hear that in the podcast. Or Cleveland. Or Cleveland. <laughs> They're on his list. But you know who's on my list? My number one list when it comes to places to bet online. Win bet. Just go to WYNNBET.COM. And uh, one more uh, partner gets shout out before we get into the interview with Jimmy Mack. Prop swap, baby. Prop swap.com. 
I know uh, we already Colby. What are the uh, college football Heisman Trophy tickets we have going for you? Kramer was kind enough. He hooked me up with the Nick Sirianni Coach of the Year future. I'm holding that ticket when it's skyrocketing in value. It's at fifty to one. So I could I could be looking at a cash out of five thousand dollars. Maybe they start out pretty hot and uh, I can sell it on PropSwap. But I, I'm either way. I'm going to ride this to the very end. But in case you're just a person who wants to make money with your gambling, you can go to PropSwap.com. When one of your bets skyrocket in value, you can uh, head over there, sell, or the opposite way. You you want to get down on Nick Sirianni, Coach of the Year, or uh, some what? What are the college football well, Heisman Trophy bets we got? We going? went chalk with Spencer Rattler, but we also uh, placed a couple bets on Sam Howell of North Carolina, and and a good long shot here at Matt Corral of Old Miss. He might put up some monster numbers with Lane. Lane Kiffin uh, in that Rebels offense. To me, that's the one that I think we're going to be looking to sell later in the season. Yes. Because I, I think yes. his odds have to drop. Just when you see the, the stats he starts putting up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially, you know, start off with a couple of non conference games, schedule a little easier, lighten it up. The uh, the odds for him to win go way down, aka your uh, value goes up. Perfect time to take that ticket. Head over to propswap.com. And if you use that promo code S. GP, you get a nice deposit bonus up to five hundred dollars in bonus cash over at PropSwap.com. Promo code SGP. Joining us on the line, Super Bowl winning quarterback Jim McMahon. Jim, I know you've been a, a big advocate of uh, medical marijuana, getting it out there, helping your CTE, and uh, I saw you're actually launching your own your own product. What, what do you got going on? Well, I'm involved with uh, three other ex-ball players: Kyle Turley, Evan Britton, and Ricky Williams. And the company's called Revenant. And uh, we're launching this Saturday down in Ramona, California. And uh, excited, excited about it. We're we're looking forward to. Uh, I think we're doing everything from seed to sale. So, looking forward to uh, doing well with the company and having some fun with these ex ex-ball players. Yeah, that's uh when when a couple ex ball players all get together, all all kind of dabble in the marijuana. What's the uh like what's the go-to conversation? You guys talk old times. Uh you talk partying. Like wh- where do you guys uh what do you guys break down? Well, these days it's it's what strain do you like? I mean, what what <laughs> what what's doing what for what what part of your body these days? I mean, we're I know Kyle is really, uh, he's really studied a lot about it and, uh, he's got, he's got his different strains that he enjoys and, and everybody's, everybody seems, you know, like something different. And that's, what's great about the plant. It's, uh, there's something for everybody in it. Yeah. I did a, I did a lot of uh, studying in college of uh, different <laughs> strains. Well, I got to ask Jim, like, do you, do you, what, what, what is your, cause I, I mean, I, I also like to dabble and uh, I have kind of my preferred nighttime, my preferred uh, daytime, and maybe even my preferred thinking, uh, thinking strain. So I wanted to ask you, because I think that is like, obviously they make you feel different the, the parts of the body, but I wanted to ask you, what is your go-to nighttime strain? Uh, anything Indica. Okay. Usually. Indica. I'm, I'm not a big, yeah. I'm not a big sativa guy. Uh, doesn't, doesn't do much for me. But uh, I like the indica. I do the indicas all day long. But at night, I like the edibles. Uh, yeah, I was gonna you know, say, what's your what's your what's your go to uh, method of consumption? You don't strike me as a bong guy. Uh, what do you what do you what do you work with over there on the uh, medical weed? Uh, I, I like my little pipe, and uh, I've got some I've got some pre rolls and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not big on the bong or <laughs> yeah or any of. The bong, the bong just seems like too much work, especially 
now as an adult, it's just like, yeah, come on. The pre-rolls are great though. Like the, uh, the tiny little pre-rolls it's uh, they're so convenient. Oh yeah. They're great. I mean, they've got so many great products out. I mean, you know, they, they, you can put, you can put the THC in pretty much anything in water, coffee, drinks. I mean, uh, you know, roll-ons. I mean, they got a, they got a, something for everybody. So that's, what's great about this plant. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's never been a drug. It's been a medicinal herb. It was just stigmatized and labeled wrong. And, and, uh, we've been lied to for over a hundred years about it by the government. So but that doesn't surprise me. No, the government, not the government. Oh, no. <laughs> well, uh, let me put on my mask, Sean, <laughs> Jim. Um, <laughs> I know we had a, a couple other uh, former athletes on this past week. Well, uh, well, Joe Theismann. And then we also had Larry, the cable guy, a couple of the other uh, contestants there, a couple of the other golfers at the, uh, the American century championship. I saw you, you played in all 32 of the tournaments. Uh, how'd you, how'd you shoot this past weekend? Uh, it was probably my worst, worst year in 32 years. I mean, I didn't drive it that bad, but I couldn't hit a wedge to save my butt. <laughs> what about, uh, I putted I, I a, a couple times with about 40 yards out. I'm so pissed. <laughs> we got a buddy of ours. Who's, who's a big advocate of putting Give me the putter. Yeah, no, I mean, I, look, we, some, Come on, dad, hit the wedge. I go, no, I'm not hitting another fat wedge. Give me the putter. <laughs> I know that feeling when I'm not, when the lob wedge is failing me, it's like, screw it. You know, I always just channel Charles Barkley. If I, if I could putt, I'm, I'm going to putt. And, and sometimes you need to just pull the putter out. I, I didn't, I didn't know this, uh, Jim, but you're a, uh, you're actually a, you're, you're a barefoot golfer. Were you, were you golfing barefoot for the uh, last uh, championship uh, tournament here? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been playing without shoes for a long time. It you know, I used to wear them. I, you know, I get, every time I put on shoes, I get blisters cause I don't wear them enough. You know, I, I live in flip flops or nothing. So, and I love walking on the grass. You know, I, I keep my flip flops handy in case I hit it in the crap. But uh, other than that, I, yeah, I just walk around the grass feels awesome. Glad to see someone carrying on the rich carless tradition. Remember the old barefoot kicker, Sean? They had in the eighties. I feel like there was always a punter or kicker in the, I, the NFL that was barefoot. I am jealous. I've tried to golf barefoot before in in Hawaii, and I just I, I don't have quite the grip. Maybe it's an acquired thing, just from. But man, yeah, I I, uh, I, I did see that, Sean. I and I, and I was I was gonna give him a give give Jim a a, a tab because I I am super jealous of anyone that can just go out and commit to no shoes for a lifestyle. Well, if you're gripping with your feet, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> well, you, you sound like you should about, be Kramer's swing about coach. Balance. Golf's about balance. So if your balance is all right, you, you, should, you know, shoes don't, I don't think they help all that much. What about, uh, what about cocktails out on the course? I, I feel like sometimes if I have two or three that put relaxes me, my swing is a little more smooth, but then there's a certain point where there's diminishing returns. Are you, are you a drinker out on the course? Yes, I, I enjoy beverage out there too, or or twelve. Uh, <laughs> What's your yeah, move? Like Bloody stuff. Marys, or what, what do you get into? Beer? Oh uh, no, I'm a, I like the beer. Yeah, yeah. Crack a couple. It hydrates you too, right? <laughs> yeah, you start doing drinks and shots out on the course. You know that that's when your game really goes bad. But <laughs> I stick to beer pretty. You know, I used to be a beer hole, but I'm a little older now, so it's uh, I probably go through about ten or twelve in the round. Yeah. Sounds about right. It's a nice afternoon. I I saw besides the uh, the marijuana product launch uh, coming up here. I saw also there's the uh, Mad Mac documentary coming out. Obviously, a documentary 
about you. Uh, walk us through the process. Are you, are you involved in the production of it or did uh, a production company come to you and pitch the idea for the documentary? No, uh, this guy's CJ Wallace. He's actually from uh, Canada living in LA now, but uh, he approached me about doing it. And I said, you know, what's going to be different than the rest of the things that have been said and done. And uh, he just, well, I just want to come at it from a different angle, have more. Uh, I think he's interviewed over 50 some people. Uh, he's probably got more footage than, than we can use. Uh, he was at my house for about three days filming, uh, you know, pretty basic stuff. I've seen about half of the film that we, we previewed at, in Cleveland a couple, uh, I think a month ago or so. And the first half is pretty much, uh, you know, going through college and, and, and up through the, uh, up to the Super Bowl. And I think the second half will be mostly, uh, you know, what, what went on at, you know, since, since I retired, but I haven't seen the other half yet. So I really don't know how it's all going to be put together. Don't really know all the guys that he has uh, interviewed. I've g- I gave him a list of guys that I thought would be good. And uh, so we'll just, we'll, I'll wait and see with you guys. Yeah, no, excited, excited to check it out. And uh, yeah, as a Jim McMahon fan, uh, yeah, I guess, do you know of any little nuggets or stories that you hit on that you think uh, people will be uh, surprised to learn about from the doc? Oh, well, I've, I've talked about a, a few of those stories before on the radio. Or, um, let's see. Well, the favorite was the Belichick story in uh, Cleveland. Oh yeah, yeah, and and I'm uh, if people haven't heard the story, kind of walk us through it. It was it was your time there at the end, uh, kind of towards the end of of your career there with the Browns. You kind of had an issue with Belichick and the way he handled your contract. No, what happened was at the end of the training camp, uh, he called me in and he said, uh, you know, we're going to have to release you because we got so many guys hurt. We need roster spots, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty, that's cool. I don't, I didn't really want to be in Cleveland. <laughs> And uh, he said, no, but we, we really need you. I said, well, what are you talking about? He said, oh, because at the time they had Benny Testaverde and they had just drafted a rookie. And he goes, I can't go into the season with a rookie backup. And I said, well, what are you telling me, Bill? I said, if, I, if I'm going to be here, I said, I have to move my family here. I got to find a hockey team for my boys. I said, I'm not going to do all that by, you know, on my own. And he says, no, no, we're going to take care of you. I said, by, you know, what does that mean? Where he said, we're going to pay you to sit out. He said, it'll probably only be one or two weeks. So I called my attorney. I said, can I trust this guy? He just said, he's going to pay me to sit out. And he, he said, well, you got to take the man at his word. So I did. I, I found a house to live in. I, I found a hockey team for my boys, moved my family out. And then the, the first week on Friday, I called in for my check and I got the runaround. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's just first week jitters. Second week, same thing. Seven damn weeks in a row, I'm sitting there doing nothing. But well, I was playing golf at Firestone. That was kind of nice. <laughs> but I'm work- I was working out at some local Gold's gym, and uh, you know, doing absolutely nothing. So then I get I get signed back. I think it was week eight. And so the next three games, I dressed, I got my checks. So they still owe me seven game checks. Yeah. And I keep keep asking them about it, right? So then it just so happens we play the Packers. I think it was week 10 we played the Packers in Cleveland. And I'm on, I'm in my Cleveland Brown stuff. Andy Reid was in his Packer stuff. 
And Andy and I go way back. He was my tackle in college. And uh, he goes, man, you should have came here this year. You know, we're, we're going to be pretty good. I said, I know I screwed up. I don't like it here. I don't like those. I pointed over at Belichick. I said, I don't like that guy. Anybody? <laughs> I said, uh, I said, don't be surprised if I'm available soon. And he's like, what? I said, just check the waiver wire. So the very next day, we're in, I'm in the quarterback meeting watching the game film, and I get up to go to the restroom, and here comes the GM that's been giving me the runaround for seven weeks. And I cornered him and said, look, I, I want my money. I said, you know, I, my wife just got in wreck. I don't want to deal with insurance. And he looks at me smart ass and he says, well, maybe we'll pay you. Maybe we won't. Oh man. And I just lost it. man. I grabbed him by his neck and I started hitting his head on the wall. And I said, you're going to pay me my money. And this was before they had cameras everywhere. Right? So I'm looking around. I don't see anybody else in the hall. And I whack him one more time. And I walk into the <laughs> training room. I call my attorney. I said, you better get me cut right now. or I'm going to kill this guy. Oh man. <laughs> get me cut right now. All Here's right. the number. And he called me back within two minutes and he said, all right, they'll release you. If that's what you want. I said, perfect. So now I, I walk back into the QB meeting. All this took what took place within 10 minutes. And I just said, Hey boys, I'll see y'all later. And they're like, what, where are you going? And the, the QB coach says, Hey, have you talked to Bill? I said, you could tell Bill to kiss my ass at lying piece of crap. I said, I'm not, I'm not talking to Bill ever again. And I was gone. And the very next day I was in green Bay. So it all worked out great. You know, I finished the season there in Green Bay. We we ended up losing the NFC Championship that year, but uh, the next year we we won the Super Bowl, and that was enough. Uh, I'm ready for the documentary. <laughs> yeah, right, you mean, just that's... sold me. That was a great pitch. Now, did you ever did you ever take this complaint to the NFL Players Association, or did you ever did you ever try to sue uh, Belichick or the? Or you can sue Belichick, but like well, the attorney, Browns. My attorney called him a couple of times, but I mean, who the hell are they going to believe? You know? Yeah. The, 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 the crazy one or, you know, the guru. Well, I, when you're but saying I, crazy I one, I thought you were talking about Belichick. I've, <laughs> I've told everybody this story for the last 24 years since I've been out of the league. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he sees the guru now. So, so basically hell? it was an under the table agreement that you and you and uh, Belichick came to, and then he didn't honor it. Uh, when it actually Correct. came to to get in, well, which which I mean, it's not Belichick's money, right? It's not coming out of his what purse. Why he, why he, does he have a problem? He told me that uh, I think it was Art Modell was the owner at the time. Uh, he goes, Mister Modell, uh, Modell knows all about this, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you know it's taken care of. I mean, they didn't do a damn thing. I think I even moved myself there by myself, you know, out of my own pocket. So why the hell would I move my family there for a year if I, you know, if I knew I wasn't going to get paid? That's kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that doesn't. I know I'm having troubles in my head, but I ain't that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you ended up on Green Bay, and I saw recently you were you were kind of going out of your way to praise the Packers, saying that out of all the teams you played for, I, I think seven different uh, NFL teams, that the Packers were actually the best team and best organization that that you played for. No, I didn't say best team. Okay, sorry. Best organization. I think when I got asked the question, I started that way, but I didn't mean. I said, "Oh, excuse me, I I I don't mean the best team. I said the best organization." Yeah, I played for the Packers, and that, and by far they were. I mean, hell, it's a different world up there. I mean, they everybody's like treated like family up there. I mean, it's just. uh, 
It'd be nice if all the teams were like that. But you know, what else you got in Green Bay? You know, unless you ice fish, I don't do that. Yeah. What about uh, now, Aaron Rodgers? He seems to have a problem with the organization. Does that does that kind of surprise you? Because you obviously had a great experience there up in Green Bay. Well, I don't I don't know his what the uh, you know the whole story there is. I don't you know I don't like I said I don't follow a game a hell of a lot. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know he was. I didn't even know he was uh, thinking about retirement or, or or just quitting. I don't know what the hell the story is. So. Uh, it surprises me. Well, it really doesn't surprise me. I guess they've been from what the little bit I've heard is that they keep drafting defensive players and they're not getting anybody around him. I, I, I guess that's the, the deal, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just interesting. Cause yeah, he has issues with the Packers organization, obviously. But uh, again, from obviously I've never played for the Packers, but it seems like a lot of former Packers have nice things to say about the organization. So I guess just kind of surprising that he has this particular issue. And maybe again, maybe it's just, um, you know, him, him and the team and, and whatever's going on there. Uh, talking to other quarterbacks, though, Zach Wilson just got drafted number two overall by the Jets. Obviously, he played at BYU. You played at BYU. Have you had any time to hang out with Zach Wilson, both uh, former BYU guys? I actually got to meet him. Uh, couple of months ago here in Arizona, he was at Steve Young's uh, golf event. I think it was, you know, pretty much right after the draft. And, um, you know, I, I wished him luck. I said, you know, when you get drafted that high, the team usually sucks. So <laughs> good luck. <laughs> well, do you think, do you think and, maybe, uh, uh, maybe Zach Wilson could be the exception for the jets quarterbacks? Cause they haven't had a uh, great run here, unfortunately for a while. Well, it's all going to depend on who's he, who's he got up front. You know, if he's got anybody protecting him, you know, I, I told him this as well. I said, how's your offensive line as far as you know? And he says, well, I think they're getting better. They're, they drafted some big tackle or something. And and I said, I, you know, you shouldn't care who your receivers or running backs are. You care who those <laughs> front five are. Those, those guys are going to keep you alive. I mean, there's, there's so much talent everywhere at the other positions, but it's hard to find, you know, a good group of five guys that can, you know, do the job. Yeah, and and obviously as a quarterback, your your health and well being depends on it. So that's the most important. Uh, obviously, huge news in college football. As a uh, you know, you're in the college football Hall of Fame now. College football players can uh, make some cash above the above the board. You know, who knows what was going on obviously before, but with NIL and licensing opportunities, what do you think uh, you would have gotten involved in uh, merchandising wise or, you know, licensing your image? Do you think you would have been able to cash in a little bit in college? I would think so. I mean, I had, uh, I had a pretty good career in college. Oh yeah. You got to throw it, throw it a hell of a lot there. Yeah, I think I was the first guy to throw for over 4,000 yards. Uh, I had 47 touchdowns my junior year and those were you know, those blew away the, whatever records that were there at the time. And when I finished, I think I had 70, 71 collegiate records. So I, I, I probably could have made a little cash. <laughs> is there, is there any product you imagine yourself endorsing as a, uh, as a college athlete? Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe Miller light or, or what, what do you, what do you think you would have uh, thrown out there? Well, at BYU, I probably wouldn't have got a whole lot of choices. <laughs> <laughs> Limited opportunities, that I right? Have, that I could have, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. 
you know, obviously uh, well, and speaking of beer, I read this story. I'm obviously a, a huge Eagles fan and they were uh, uh, an author was like, a, you know, one of the reporters was reminiscing some of his favorite uh, training camp stories, but he said uh, out at uh, Westchester during the Eagles camp, uh, he, you bought a round of report or round of beer for the reporters. And then when they came over to thank you, you said, Hey guys, just cause I bought you uh, some beers. Doesn't mean I want to talk to you. <laughs> Sounds like something I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as an athlete, I get why you wouldn't be interested in talking to the media. Cause is it just like, there's nothing to gain where talking to the media can only kind of go wrong. Well, there's only, you know, I, I never minded talking about what happens during the games, but you know what I do during the week is none of their damn business. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Seems like a fair, fair uh, stance. <laughs> yeah. Did you get that a lot? Were they were they busting your chops? You know, hey, every day, counting you every day. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm I didn't, I haven't played the game yet. Another five days. <laughs> now, now, when you were in Philly, you played. They hurt in the damn training room, so I didn't want to have to deal with them. <laughs> now, when you were in Philly, you played for Buddy Ryan. Was that your favorite coach to play for? Uh, looking back on your whole NFL career, is there certain other coaches that you p- preferred playing for? Buddy, Buddy was a great defensive coordinator. Um, you know, he changed the game of football with his defense. You know, the whole West Coast offense came to being because you didn't get rid of the ball in three steps, your ass was hit. But I told him this to his face. I said, buddy, you're a terrible head coach. Cause buddy only cared. About, he only cared about defense. You know, there's, there's other facets of the game. You know, when I was with him in Philly, he says he would tell our coordinator, Hey, run the ball. We'll score on defense and win <laughs> simple plan. And he was, he was dead ass serious. And I'd go, buddy, you're not going to win, you know, three to nothing, six to nothing. You got to play Dallas twice a year. You got to play the Giants, the Skins, San Francisco. You got to score points. But he just—he didn't care. He goes, "Oh, any any fat ass could play offensive line." That was his. <laughs> that was, that's uh, what he wanted to go against, so his guys could get sacks. That's why he just didn't care. <laughs> so, well, and, and that's and that to me again, as an Eagles fan, that was so frustrating because. Uh, especially Randall Cunningham, you, you see later on in his career what he was able to do with Minnesota. I, you only wish, and he, and even you know when you were uh, starting as well, that they had some sort of offensive-minded head coach to take advantage of some of the weapons they have. Like I, I just imagine, and you know Andy Reid, obviously you know Randall Cunningham. Could you imagine Randall Cunningham playing for Andy Reid? Yeah, I think he'd have a good time. Yeah, you know Andy. Yeah, that's what I love about Andy. He's an old offensive lineman that loves to throw the football. You know, <laughs> most most old linemen just want to grind on people and just you know just beat up on them. You know, I was I was talking to Jonathan Ogden, the big tackle from uh, the Ravens, uh, a few years back, and he, and I said, Hey, do you miss the game at all? He goes, No, not really. He goes, But I do miss just manhandling people. He goes, I can't do that anymore without getting arrested. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I gotta imagine if you're one of those guys in the trenches, whatever stress, whatever's bothering you during the week, you can blow off some steam there, just slamming into the I other mean, guy. Not that it's the same thing, but I feel I felt the same after retiring from rec league basketball. I don't <laughs> just didn't, didn't have that ability to move some people around. Ryan did like to lower his head and try and initiate <laughs> contact going to the rim. So I could see how that was uh similar as far as the stress level. 
a walk, uh, uh, one of the other uh, big stories, Chicago bears, they drafted Justin Fields. Ho- hopefully for the Chicago bears, this is kind of a new era for them. Quarterback wise. I, I know again, I read the quote that you said, uh, Chicago is where QBs go to die. Do you think Justin Fields is the, is one of the guys that can break that streak for Chicago? Well, I don't, I don't follow him much, but I know he's a talented kid. I mean, they, they won a lot of games at Ohio state, uh, but Chicago's never been a, a QB town really. I mean, it, they're known for their defense and, and their running game. That's always, that's been their bread and butter for a hundred years. And uh, you know, every once in a while, they'll, some years they'll come out throwing it. But uh, you know, when I was there with Chicago, hell, we, we had Walter Payton. We're going to run the football and everybody knew it. And so it was, uh, it was frustrating as hell for me, you know, just coming from BYU where I got to throw it at least 35 times a game. And that's usually in the first half. Uh, <laughs> and then I'd be out. And then in Chicago, it'd take me three games to throw 35 balls. There's rumblings right now that uh, Chicago might be getting a dome. How do you feel about the bears being, you know, playing football in a dome? Well, I would have loved it. I mean, I, I, I grew up in California. I didn't like cold weather I mean, 50 <laughs> degrees used to be cold. And then, and then I'm playing in 50 below. I mean, that sucked. <laughs> Colby's Colby. they're talking about, they're talking about being bear weather. I mean, that's polar bear weather, man. I don't, uh, <laughs> nobody, nobody likes playing in that. And what's, what was worse is, is we didn't have an indoor facility. I mean, we had to practice in that. So go through that, you know, three or four days a week and then have to play in it too. I mean, that, that, that takes its toll. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can't, you can't play barefoot outside in a soldier <laughs> field there. What about, um, you know, as we're uh, closing things out here, you have the medical marijuana uh, product launch, you have the documentary coming out. Uh, I also saw as, as far as it pertains to CTE that you're, you're an advocate of using stem cells to treat CTE. You've had really good results with that. I, I went down to uh, Medellin, Colombia a couple of years ago and um, three, uh, three years ago, I had my right shoulder done here in the States in Arizona and here they can only use up to a million cells at a time because they, they don't want you healthy here in the States. <laughs> but company, this company is actually based here in Phoenix called BioAccelerator, And I went down to, and they do all their, their, uh, procedures down in Medellin, beautiful facility, beautiful town. Um, doctors were great. Yeah. I got 275 million and I got them in both shoulders, both elbows, both knees, uh, my neck. And also they put them in my spine. So they went up into my brain as well. But, uh, yeah, my body has felt Great. My right shoulder is still bugging the hell. I, I think I might need a whole new shoulder. But uh, other than that, uh, my my knees feel good, elbows feel good. So, you know, something that there's something to it. It's, it's the most perfect cell there is, I guess. There's no markers. They just go to go to wherever the inflammation or or damage is, and they they heal. There's no hangover with that. Like right when you get the injections, how do you how does your body feel right after that? Well, right after the. The first two days I was fine. You, you go into a uh, one of those hyperbaric chambers uh, for an hour a day after that. But it was the third day because I got a procedure done on Tuesday, so Wednesday, so Friday, I started get, getting this headache. And then Saturday I was I was flying home, and I was as I was I, mean, I was puking like every ten minutes. I was laying down on the floor on the plane, and the, and the uh, stewardess, whatever you call them these days. 
they uh, they go, hey, you can't lay there. I go, lady, I can't I can't sit up. My head is pounding. I said, I'm going to puke all over everybody on this plane. <laughs> it was a brutal experience for about three days. But uh, after that, you know, like I said, my body feels good. Hey, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Yeah. Well, uh, make sure you check out Jim McMahon's new line of weed and uh, check out the Mad Mac documentary. Can't wait. Can't yeah, wait. So excited and uh, appreciate the time, Jim. All right, guys. Talk to you again. All right. Have a good one. Take care, Jim. You too. Later. Oh, big thanks to Jim McMahon. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jim McMahon. Can't miss that. Oh, and he's on Cameo, too. So if you want Jimmy Max saying uh, what's up to you on Cameo, check. He's got his uh, link in the bio over there. Good dude, fun guy to have on, and uh, yeah, I mean, gotta, gotta check out that weed strain too. If you're in California, yeah, we go definitely won't do that. <laughs> go hang out with. The, they need, they need to come up with a name for like the uh, football. You know, maybe they call themselves the Dime Package or something like that. They need some sort of weed like football thing to uh, tie in there. The all, dime bag package, Mad Dog Blitz package. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking it, about. Honestly, it's just called grass. Grass, <laughs> which yeah, I mean he loves grass. Turf. Except uh, except the turf guys. He, he really, didn't he like really practicing broke, in Chicago. He right? really broke Colby's heart saying he didn't he didn't <laughs> wouldn't mind playing in the dome. Oh, uh, and also want to shout out underdogfantasy.com. Head over there, sign up using that promo code SGPN. Kramer's brain. Is uh, maybe he's gonna have to get some of those stem cells. Finally recovering from the 24-hour fantasy football draft, uh, draft day, drafting for 24 hours straight, trying to win that Millie. Uh, promo code SGPN get you a free entry over at UnderdogFantasy.com. Feels like yeah, I'm definitely getting to the uh, the, the max entries. <laughs> uh, I only need like 90 more. Only 90 more. Maybe we'll get to that. Maybe we'll just what <laughs> run another four days straight. Come on, Craig, another draft. Yeah, next year you got to do two days. Next year you got to do 48 hours, dude. Don't don't, don't be a pussy, right? <laughs> oh man. All right. Thank you gonna, for participating in the Sports Gambling uh, Podcast. What's gonna be great when I just like randomly hop online and start doing drafts again? <laughs> He's hooked for the Sports Gambling Podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green, and he is Ryan. I'll uh, I'll give all those strains a try, Sean Kramer. Let it ride.